Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so glad that you could join us. But before we get into the world, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for another opportunity to mature and you, Lord, to become the sons and daughters you called us to be, Lord, that we're able to triumph in every situation, Lord, in every circumstance, God. And we thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord, and to our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, our partners and our listeners, Lord, and we ask that you'll bless them through this episode this morning, Lord, that they are ministered to as necessary, Lord, and they get the things that are necessary for their growth and edification. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. Glad to have you with us as we get right back into our study of the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 3, covering verses 16 through 19. So if you're joining us for the first time or you're rejoining us, we encourage you to pause the episode and just take a moment to read that section of scripture to make things easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Well, now at this time, we're going to open the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and or to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, honey, honey. So as I was looking at this, um, back at verse 17 and then... Verse 19, it says, Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And when I read those, I'm I'm sure the natural mind goes, Oh, God was angry. Oh, you know, and they start thinking about that um, in the hands of an angry God. You guys remember that? Jonathan Edwards, sinners Mm -hmm. in the hands of an angry Mm -hmm. God. So thinking that God is angry and waiting for an opportunity to punish, you totally miss God's heart and his character and his nature because he's just. Literally, we could have all been wiped off the face of the earth because many we've all sinned. <laughs> oh, many times over, exactly. We've all sinned and been destined to hell. We've all sinned and fallen and, short. And he would have been right and righteous. It would have been just for him to do so. Exactly. But he brought them out because he wanted to bless them. He has given us great grace and mercy because he wants to bless us, because he loves us. And when I read this, I hear the Lord saying, why won't you believe me? Mm-hmm. How much more do I have to show you? What else do I need to do? Why don't you believe me? I've loved you. Um, actually, he goes over this in uh, Ezekiel 16, I believe. I passed over you. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted you. I cleaned you up. I've loved you. I blessed your life. And I made my covenant with you. I've made you beautiful. I caused you to be abundant and fruitful. Why don't you believe me? Why do you think so small of me? Why every time I come to put my hand out to you and embrace you, you bite me and slander me? Profane my name and curse me by calling me wicked. And not just amongst themselves, but amongst the nations. By taking foreign idols to you, by refusing to believe, by accusing me of wanting to kill your wives and children. 
That's what I hear when I read that. And, and God going, I can't, you can't partake of me and I cannot entertain this because his standard is faith. Those that come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. That's faith. Believe that he is. That's faith. Must have faith in him and believe that he's a good God that will give good gifts and good rewards, which we saw Jesus elaborate or expound on in the gospels. But he was, it's like, you can't come in because you won't believe. Remember the faithless, right? Yes, mommy. Don't have a part in the kingdom of God. And it's like him, God crying out and going, change your stance. Why won't you change your stance and perspective so I can let you in? You don't get a separate pass because of who your great, 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 great grandfather was. Abraham. How many great, however many greats there were in between this is 400 years, give or take, plus some that went by between Abraham believing God and receiving this promise by faith and them physically being delivered and walking in it. 400 plus years, so how many generations are in between there? You can't get a pass because of who your grandfather was. And he still is, right? He's still alive in heaven. We'll give him, um, we understand that, but that you're not entitled to that. God has one standard and one metric, but his, his longing and his desire to embrace them is, and not just the children of Israel, we should all see ourselves here. He's going, why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe me? Well, actually, if we go in deeper with that, yes, it does apply to everyone. But to Israel specifically, mm-hmm. uh, we could just look at Amos. There's a, I'll say, a, a fairly famously quoted verse. How can two walk together unless they agree? Mm-hmm. But in the, the verse right before that, he says very plainly, only you have I known from all the families of the earth. In other words, exactly what you were just talking about, their descendants, their lineage, their heritage, are the, the forefathers before them. He says, I, I've known you this whole time. I've known them this whole time, which is why I know you. And he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. He is and was and is. Mm-hmm. And he, so it's actually counted as sin or iniquity against them because they absolutely know, but refuse to believe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, which goes to that, like I said, that, that verse, can two walk together or how can two walk together unless they agree? So we cannot experience all the blessings and benefits and everything that the Lord had his, his best for us. If we will not believe in him, how can we be going to the same place? Mm-hmm. It's an impossibility is what the Lord is saying. Amen. And he's going to the location Amen. of that he set. Which is returning right? to the heavenly community. Exactly. And there is a timeline that's associated with that. And he's going to finish it up and close it. And he's giving everyone their opportunity to partake, to sign up, say, have their name um, written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but also not blotted out mm-hmm. of the Lamb's Book of Life. So he's giving them a chance and he's crying out from a heart of love to them, not a heart of judgment or condemnation. Um, Because again, he's God. He is pure righteousness, pure righteousness, pure justice, pure judgment. Everything he ever decides is absolutely correct. No one can go, what are you doing, God? And counsel him or correct him. 
But yet he's saying, I've opened my arms to you. I've opened the door. Believe, believe him and obey. Now, our heart towards him has to be that his, his commandments are not burdensome. It's not too hard, Lord, for me to circle this, this wall in silence for this many days or this many laps around it. Why do I have to complain about that? <laughs> right? Yes, mommy. Yes. Where I could have nothing. Right? Yes. yes. I don't have to complain because you asked me to love someone who has not been loving to me because I love you. I don't have to complain or despise that. I can say, thank you, God, for the opportunity because I know the more I sow seeds of love to someone else, that mercy is being measured out back to me. Amen. Hallelujah. I choose to focus on what's good and what's lovely, what's truth of a good report, praiseworthy, virtuous. Right? Yes, that, um Philippians. I choose to meditate on that and to exalt your character, your purity, God, your righteousness and your faithfulness above all things, and to believe the best about you. You know, that standard of love that he highlights in 1 Corinthians 13 is how he wants us to love him. Not just how he wants us to love people around us, and we're trying to trudge and grudgingly do that. He's asking us to to be love as he is love, but also display that same kind of love towards us because first Corinthians 13 is how he's loved us. Although he has, he is the one who has the absolute right to judge and no one else does. Right. Yes. While we yes. were yet in our sins, Christ died for us, the ungodly to reconcile us and allow us to become partakers of the um, family of God. And, you know, they're thinking in the, the, the children of Israel at the moment were thinking about a natural land and you can see through time, they just kept honing in on the natural land and failing to see what Abraham saw, which um, he was looking for the, the, the city, which has foundations whose builder and maker was God. So Abraham's yeah. mind was on heaven. Made even without though, human hands. Exactly. And he was, even though he was in the natural and walking through and occupying in, in the way God asked him to in the natural, his perspective and the reason why he was doing that was first because he loved God, second because he believed him, and third because he wanted to partake of that heavenly abode, that heavenly promise that the land was just a type and shadow of. So how much more so should we focus and see things the way he does? LaCharles? Yes, Mommy. As you were speaking, what the Lord was sharing with me is that what we also see here was that um, and you touched upon this briefly, it was never the Lord doing this to the children of Israel. It was their own actions, as we see here. Um, Paul makes that very clear when he says, whose sin, whose corpses fell in the wilderness. And mommy and dad, you often tell us and talk to us about how when sin reaches its fullness, it produces death. Mm -hmm. But as humans, we don't want to confront the facts at times. We want to put our own set of facts on the table and say, this Lord is what I choose to identify, Lord. This is, <laughs> this is the consequences I want, and this is the ones you're going to give me, which aren't consequences at all. They're rewards. And this is what you're <laughs> going to give me for my actions. Uh -huh. And that's how we try to confront him, and that's how we think it's our right to do so, but that's not what he wanted. And with the children of Israel, what they also missed during the whole time was that Abraham understood that he was the friend of God because he was doing what the Lord wanted him to do. 
not in a manner of being manipulative and if you only do what I want, then you're my friend, but if you don't. But he had delight inside of what the Lord wanted him to do. Amen. Whereas the children of Israel just saying, um, okay, Lord, so we got the blood in our veins and that's good enough. They were focusing on the natural land, but they are more so focusing on how it seemed too hard for them to maintain what the Lord wanted them to do to maintain the land. They didn't. They really didn't care about the land at all. As we can see inside the wilderness, they said, um, let's go back to Egypt, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. in the total opposite direction of where they're going. They were retracing 40 years to go back to where they just came out of. Roughly. I know it's not actually 40 years, but they were trying to go back in time to what they previously had known. But that's not how we should be living our lives. We should be walking forward inside of what the Lord has for us because we delight in that. Also, there too, there, I know for myself at times there's been instances where I didn't want to do what the Lord wanted to because I thought, well, Lord, that's a bit too hard at the moment for me. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll give you an hour. After my hour of what I want, then, Lord, I'll come see you. And that's how mm-hmm. I thought about it. And I think I thought that was just all right. Mm-hmm. As long as I get to you sometime in the day, Lord, that then that will satisfy my requirements and I can check off that box. But that's not how he wants us to live. What we see here when it said all these corpses fell, we see that he specifically referenced that inside of um, Exodus 32. That's when he first said it um, about how these people weren't going to enter in. It's going to be those. Um, and then he later said that inside of Numbers, the people who they said will be victims, I mm-hmm. would enter, let them enter into the Your little promised ones. land. Mm-hmm. Promised land, and they will uh, essentially dwell in there and take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But those people, it didn't necessarily matter what their mindset or what they thought they were doing. It was their actions towards God. The Lord doesn't just look at, okay, Lord, I said the Lord three times before I start complaining and they'll get enough goodness for me to cover my lifetime. That's that's not how it works. But that's how we want it to work inside of our humanity. We want, okay, Lord, I lived righteously for most of my life, so I got time for some wickedness before I die. Mm-hmm. And Lord, you're just going to remember my righteousness and not mm-hmm. my wickedness. Mm-hmm. Which transitions to the point where um, he said to enter into his rest. And as I said, for me, there's been multiple times where I've looked for the blessing, but I haven't necessarily seen it because I didn't maintain it, mm-hmm. maintain the course to get it. It's kind of like when you're flying in, air, in an airplane, if the pilot deviates no matter where he is in the journey, you're not going to find yourself at the right airport. Mm-hmm. or at the right destination it doesn't matter if he goes straight the first time then does a 90 degree turn um i assure you, you're not going to get where you want to go but we don't think of that as humans we think that we've gone straight long enough and now we can turn and do what we want and then eventually mm-hmm. deviate back to the path after mm-hmm. we've had our fill of what we want and after our arms and legs have been snapped in bear traps and this and stuff promise well, Lachash, you brought up a very interesting point in that you mentioned about how it was the children of Israel's own doubt that caused them to die inside of the wilderness. And the Lord was reminding me of how a lot of times we like to think of as doubt as Thomas-like doubt, as in it has to be very extreme in order for it to cause death. But we fail to realize that it's a smaller doubt that ruins everything mm-hmm. else. And he mm-hmm. reminded me of the Song of Solomon, where it says, catches the little foxes that spoil the vine. Mm-hmm. And how it's the smaller things that actually inhibit 
the larger things from taking place. And for example, you see with the children of Israel, their a simple word of saying God brought us out here to die caused them to die, actually to die. It wasn't any physical thing. They weren't, you know, stabbing each other in the back. They weren't doing stuff like that. It was their own words and actions that caused them to perish. And it wasn't the Lord saying, well, you said these words, so I have to do this to you. It was because they opened a door for the devil and the adversary to steal their lives from them. Which again brings us to Job. Talk, because he had doubted whether or not the Lord would protect his children. And because he act, he imputed, he thought the Lord was doing these things to him. It allowed the, the devil to come in and steal his children and stuff like that from him. Now his children did open the door them, in and of themselves. For their own lives. Yes. Job, if you will, gave the enemy a foothold through fear. So let's understand that in full. Okay? Yes. There wasn't one impacting the other, as in his children's sin impacted Job. In the He was responsible. He was responsible for himself, and he allowed himself to be bothered by fear. Okay? Yes. So please continue, sir. And the same applies for us. When we first detect doubt, we shouldn't be going, it's okay, I can let that fester for a little bit more. We should be immediately uprooting it. And then going to Matthew talking about the parable of the sower. Um, talking, I believe, in the thorns, it said that it was a desire of life. That's me paraphrasing it. That's also what Dow is talking about. Once we desire other things other than what God is doing for us and we're unsatisfied and disgruntled with what God has given us, then we won't be able to fully enter into what God has given us. And as a result, um, my Bible says the failure of the wilderness wanderers. That's the entry of mine. The title for that section? Yes. That we're going over? Okay. And how once we do that, we end up failing in everything else. And the Lord is reminding me of, for example... Once we do what? We fail at everything else. The actual... We fail in receiving the promises from God. The ones we actually do want to receive. And the Lord reminded me with the trap. is With the snare, you're not going to see this big, giant snare that sets out the trap it's a smaller mechanism traps are typically hidden yes or there wouldn't be traps Mm -hmm. right yes okay so traps must be hidden for them to function effectively or they're they're disguised in some kind Uh, of way exactly sometimes they're in plain sight but they're just they're somehow disguised where they don't look as treacherous as they are or Mm-hmm. It's just a little loop, maybe, or you know, you don't see the rest of it that's around there. The big spear that's going to be loose to fly across the, you know, whatever else is a trap attached, but it's disguised in some way or hidden. Absolutely. And how we first have to be going to God throughout our entire lives and throughout our entire days, and let us, as you mentioned, not just going, Lord, you get this one hour, but actually allowing God to have it all. So in verse 19 of this section, right, it says very plainly, they could not enter because of unbelief, right? Yes. So we, we equated it to Amos and all the rest of those things. 
And one could make the the argument because we, we see this throughout scripture, even in the time of judges, it says, what about every one of those, or I'll say every generation in that time says what? They did what was right in the sight of their own eyes. Now, what has tended to be oversimplified in equating that, right, and and explaining what that is, is this. They did what they wanted to do. Everyone did what they wanted to do. But that's not necessarily true. They did what was in their heart to do. But nobody truly does what they want to do, right? Now, when it comes to an evil sense? When it comes to an evil sense. Okay. And I say that because of this. Even the children of Israel in the wilderness, they wanted to give the impression that they were moving with the Lord, right? Yes. Yes. So, so what do people do? They test the boundaries to see how much they can get away with, but still inherit the fullness of the blessing of the benefits and everything else. And if you look throughout scripture and even examine our own lives at every age, stage of maturity, whatever the case is, for people like to test the boundaries and see how much we can get away with and or how little effort we have to put in and still come out with the same results with the Lord's best. Why? Because of exactly what it says there, because of unbelief. If she just, if children would just believe what their parents told them, right? Or as we say in this house, uh, especially when you hit an age where you smell yourself, right? But then also when you hit an age where now you can, or reach an age, when now you can, if you will, attempt to enforce those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions, those beliefs that you have that are actually in opposition to how you have been trained, taught, instructed, so on and so forth, encouraged, admonished, all the rest of it, right? Yes. People end up doing those things because they want to see how little effort they have to put in and test the boundaries to see how far they can push it and still have everything that was promised. There's no different here with the children of Israel in the wilderness and with us today. Yes, Dad. And that comes from unbelief. Because as you brought up, sir, LeCharles, and it says this in John 15, you talking when you brought up Abraham, you are my friends if you... Do what I command you. And by doing what he commands us, that's obedience, which demonstrates our love for him, our faith or trust in him. And if we trust him, right, if we truly believe, if we have faith in him, then we'll also put our future or hope in him. Not in what we think or want or desire. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just think we need to understand that. Yes, yes, yes. All of that comes as a result of unbelief. Rest assured, though, whether it's a, for us as a little child or 
even as adults, right? Anywhere in this, the age or at any level of maturity, nobody wants to experience the consequences of unbelief and of trying to test the boundaries and see how little effort they have to, or they are required to put in. So why would we do that with the Lord? And I say that so we can examine our heart, right? Yes. The Lord's already proven. He's already demonstrated his love for us in every way, shape, and area and aspect of our lives imaginable. Mm-hmm. When will we truly believe him and what he has said and done, right? Didn't he say that? And Jesus said that in his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me and my words, believe the works. Well, his works were not just the miracles, but he literally died on the cross for us while we were in opposition for it, uh, opposition to him. Yes. Yes. Who does that? What righteous man dies for an unrighteous man? It's hard pressed to get one to die for a righteous man. Exactly. So the Lord demonstrated that in its entirety. So as you said at the beginning of this, honey, honey, how much more does the Lord need to do to demonstrate his love towards us for us to just believe him? Mm-hmm. And I know that's a heavy question. But it's a personal one that each of us has to answer for ourselves mm-hmm. before the Lord. So let's, let's wrap up and close with that. Amen. 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 All right. Can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right. Promise. God, I just thank you for providing for our every need, Lord, and just giving us above and beyond what we ask you for, Lord. And, Lord, I also just thank you for showing us how to walk with you, Lord, so that we don't stumble, Lord, and end up making sin for ourselves, Lord, and have to be judged according to our sin, Lord. And, Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the ability to intercede for others, Lord, and to put your will on the earth, Lord, and be a part of your plan. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.